Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawk Show, powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at comed.com slash clean. Hope you're having a good Monday. It is cold, but it is warming up here in the studio. I'm Jay Zawoski, Greg Boyson, Mario Tirabasi, and all the way to my left is newly inked Blackhawks forward Nick Felino. Nick. Hey. Congrats and thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we could make this work. So uh, I'm pumped. Uh, you guys will be sick of me in two years' time. <laughs> if it if it goes if you stick with us that long, we'll be very very pleased. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, but congrats are in order, of course. Um, great to have you here. And what what kind of went into your decision to say, hey, Chicago's where I want to be? Yeah, you know, it was it was a pretty uh, you know easy conversation to have with Kyle, honestly, at the time, and just. You know, I think I've really believed in his vision from our conversation, even from the summer before the season started. And, um, you know, and I, I know a lot of things have gone on unforeseen this year, um, but the plan is still in place and, and the, you know, the desire to move this team along. And, and you know, so I, I think it just lined up with my visions, too. And I, I talked about it like you, you come here and you're invested, you know, like that's just how I am. I'm, I jump in with two feet and. I just couldn't see myself really going anywhere else and having to start over when I've already really put the time in and really got to know the guys and, and enjoy the group and the staff. And, and now we fall in love with the city too. So it just kind of, it all fell into place. And, um, and now I'm really excited to kind of put roots down and, and, and really get to work here on, on building this thing that I've talked about that I think our team can get to. Uh, the last couple of games, um, seems like this, this, the team has kind of turned a corner a little bit with their performance and, you know, it's something that you've talked about that Luke Richardson has talked about all year. Um, is this kind of the timing of everything, you know, si signing the, the extension and then the team kind of playing this way, does it kind of boost that excitement a little bit? Big time. And I, I think, unfortunately, sometimes it does take a bit of a shock uh, to the system to, to really hammer home the point that we were trying to make earlier and, and just how we need to compete and, and the mindset that you have to have in the NHL every single game. And you know, you lose a lot of players and sometimes you, you realize, man, this is all we can control. And I, I saw that right from after, even even in that New Jersey game, I think we really had had that mindset. And uh, But afterwards, when everyone's kind of counting out the team, they're just like, well, we, we have nothing to lose now at this point. We can All we can control is how hard we compete. And, and you know, and that's pretty much it. And, and it's, it's, it's sad because we played some great games that we deserve better in. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this league, you, you do need success in order to kind of, you know, reiterate what you're trying to do, but I'm so proud of the guys and, I, and and the way they've competed and battled, and I want for them so badly while I'm out, especially to, to get success because they've earned a lot of that even in these games. And um, But that's how hard it is to, to win in this league and the the compete. And, you know, I don't like losing, and I think that was the message early on. Like, there's a But there's a way you lose sometimes where you're like, you know what, we put everything we had into it. And I can honestly say every guy – and watching the games has put everything they had into these in these losses, unfortunately. But, you know, it's going to turn that way as we get healthier here and, and hopefully get some wins. You got uh, back on the ice when we were leaving um, the room. There are a couple of green jerseys waiting for the Zamboni <laughs> yeah. to go by. and uh, My two kids, I said uh, I was scared. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. so tell, tell us about the work ethic of, of, of Samuel so while, you know, But, of course, Connor Bedard on the ice. I mean, this is not a surprise that we're a week it's crazy. It should be a surprise, yeah. but it isn't that we're weak from jaw surgery. And yeah. he's, are you more surprised that it's a week or are you more surprised that it wasn't like four days ago? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm surprised we kept him off that long, but 
I was laughing because he was genuinely pissed off today that he couldn't do more. Like he was, you could see he's like ready to shoot a puck, and they're and he like, and I'm like, hey, you know, like he, um, he just he has to realize that you can't, you don't want to set back in a situation like this. It's amazing that he's on the ice right now, and just speaks yeah. volumes about him as a kid and and what kind of mindset he has, and how even on an injury like this, he's he's you know, it's not even a thought of of you know how he's like. I feel great. I'm ready to play tomorrow. You know. And you want guys like that. They're just itching to get back and make a difference. And uh, I'm so proud of how he's handled it. But, you know, he has to be smart. And, you know, this is a big injury, obviously, and something that he has to deal with. But he's uh, it's really unique to see how he's handled this. And, you know, I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him that he's on the ice. You know, that's a place where you can almost get your own mental therapy, too, when you're just out there stick handling the puck. So I'm sure that's even been great for him. Himself. I mean, obviously, the fan base is super excited about him, the talent the character but when you see that work ethic i mean that yeah. is something to be just as excited about i mean i know we get people say oh he's got to get better defensively well first he's 18 yeah second of all <laughs> he's got that work ethic where you shouldn't be worried about no no that's something that as soon as he understands the league more and commits to that and and really understands why that's so important he's he'll he'll make tons of strides in the defensive department and you know and luckily for him his offense negates a lot of that anyway so uh, his work ethic is is outstanding, though, and just how bad he wants to be the best. I've talked about that, and he's still learning what that means, even at this level. But you know, he's he takes care of his body tremendously well. He you know he he's wiser beyond his years than an eighteen year old, and uh, and but he's not afraid to also admit when he doesn't know something. You know, I think that's also a nice thing. Like he's he's still looking to learn. He's not a guy that thinks he knows it all. He just has this incredible work ethic and drive to be the best and. You know, with with the the hunger to get better and learn, I mean, the sky's the limit for him, obviously. And how are you feeling with the the finger and everything? This is the stupidest injury I've ever had <laughs> in my lifetime. I, it's driving me nuts. Personally, I think I'm handling it worse than Connor's handling his, just because you feel completely healthy and you got this stupid yeah. finger that's holding you out. But I got to listen to the docs and don't want to turn it into something that could be longer term if it displaces. So um, I'm hopeful to you know we're week to week right now, but I'm I'm trying to push my way through too as. Uh, as quickly as I can here and, and try to get this bone to heal and drink lots of milk. and It's good. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's unfortunate. But Luke, uh, Luke was saying that you might have to have some sort of, like, modified glove where yeah. it's all stitched I together. I call it the Ninja something. Turtle glove right now. I yeah. got three fingers. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's – I mean, if it gets me on the ice sooner and playing, I'll, I'll wear whatever. So, it's uh, – right now I got this stupid cast I have to wear as well on, on the ice. But, um, yeah, hopefully I can shed that here quickly and – uh, come Wednesday, I meet with the doc, and then we'll hopefully get some good news. And you knew, like, when you delivered the punch, did you know right away? Yeah. Like, uh, I felt a burning. Like, I threw it, and I felt a burn. And I thought I cut myself. So many times you cut yourself yeah. on the helmet or the visor, and uh, I looked at my hand as we were fighting, and I was like, I don't see any blood. And then I went to grab the jersey, <laughs> and that's when I kind of felt it twist. Oof. And uh, then I knew, uh-oh, I think I messed up my finger and started throwing some open-hand slaps at the end. To see <laughs> I like that you have time it. in the fight to, like, that's right. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. If that happens, like, and maybe not in this particular fight, but you've been in many before, if a guy's hurt, is there kind of a code yeah. to say, hey, take it easy, something's wrong, or how does how does that whole exchange work between two guys who just decided to try to kill each other? It's probably one of the funnier things in fights because you're literally trying to kill each other, but then as soon as the guy's like, hey, stop, my shoulder, and you're like, oh, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I just was trying to mash your face in two seconds ago. Yeah. Um, but I, there's a code because, you know, at the end of the day, that's not – you're not fighting the guy for that reason. If he's hurt, he's hurt, and that's the last thing you want to do because there's – you know, they got families, they have they have lives, and 
we're fighting for something not not related to that. So um, I always try to have that respect. And but in that fight, to me, it was more of a sending of a message. So I didn't want the fight to stop. So I didn't say you don't say anything. It's just it's a finger too. I don't even you know at the time the adrenaline's pumping anyway, and you get in the box, you worry about it after. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I definitely have been on both sides of it, and I think it's it's the right thing to do if somebody's injured, but not in that one. Well, oh, sure. anytime there's a big hit, there's a ton of discourse about was the hit clean? Should there have been a fight? You on the ice don't have a time to determine. You're not going to no. look up at the replay and then be like, "All right, now I'm going to fight you." You know. So what goes into that decision? Whether to drop the gloves, and I think Smith knew yeah. sooner or later. All right, that was Conor Bedard. Did my job, clean, dirty, however you want to say. Yeah. But he he knows he has to answer for that, right? Absolutely. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm never a guy that's like, oh, was it clean? Was it, it's just, it's, it's the principle of the game. That's why I was talking about the game within the game earlier. Like these, you're fighting for every inch of the ice. So when a player takes out one of your players, whether it's clean or dirty, and, and, and honestly the hit was clean. Like it, it was, you could like, he hits him in his shoulder to his face. So I don't love that, but it's, you know, we also have to be aware of our, of our, as players also of putting yourself in those positions. So I get that, but he's our best player and you're targeting our best player in, in aspect. And I know it's everyone, there's no you know favors out there and that's the way it goes. But as a teammate, you're not going to let that team get an inch on one of your better players and likely they wouldn't do the same for us. So to me, that's where it comes into the game within the game. And you're, you're not allowed. Now that team thinks, Oh, if we can hit him, we can hit anyone. Or now they're playing bigger because we're not answering. So it's to send a message too, like, no, no, we have our pushback too. And, I was so proud of Kurashev, to be honest with you, originally. And when yeah. the hit happened, he just didn't even think, went right up to him and started cross-checking him. And that's what I love to see. It's not, you don't have to fight a guy. It's just, uh, what's the message in the room? What, how much do we really care about each other? If a guy goes down, are you willing to do, maybe you're not a fighter, but you're willing to step in there and put yourself in harm's way. And, um, and I think it just builds a real serious bond. And that's usually what successful teams have. So I'm really interested in this because I think of this from, the other side of it, right? Let's say you're on the ice and there comes Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby. You're doing a calculation in your head, I assume, too, of, all right, if I deliver this blow, someone's going to be in my face right away, right? And for the people that say, like, hockey doesn't – or fighting doesn't work in hockey, doesn't deter anything, you can't quantify if a guy decided to lay a hit or not, Yeah. right? And you are thinking about it. As a defender, you're saying – do I want to hit number 97 right now and get my face punched in, yeah. or am I going to let him go? Yeah. That's a real thing, right? 100%. Yeah. And that's that's a, a thought that's gone through my head, and it's it's what makes the sport kind of beautiful in a weird way is that, you know, you have that policing in itself, right? And if, if I do this, there's a there's a response. There's a there's a consequence sometimes. And, um, you know, I think that's that's why I think the sport is so unique and um, and one of the best ways of bonding your team a lot of nights. So – uh, I've been on the side where you, you go after one of their guys, it's a playoff game or it's a game that means, you know, you set the tone and here comes their, somebody else trying to do the to you or they go after one. And so it just, it's, it's amazing how, and it brings everybody, you know, their, their game, almost everyone's games elevates now because it's just a, it's a war. And that's why playoff hockey is so different than regular season. It's just, there's no, no friends out there. Not that there is even in the regular season, but there's a little bit more of a thought process sometimes. Is there a fight? your career you've been in a, a number of them that stands out as like maybe like you felt like the best coming out of it or, or that it was just Ooh. like good back and forth or you know some, someone you fought said something funny in the middle of it and you're just like wait what? i don't <laughs> know guard. yeah i'm trying to think I, I haven't really 
every time I come out of a fight, if I'm still standing, I'm usually pretty happy. So, um, yeah, I think you should always fight a little scared. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I fought. There's so many that there's so many different reasons why and and things that there's now. Yeah, there's never really been one that I would say. I know fighting Ryan Reeves, I laughed because I I was like, oh, now I understand weight classes. Like mm. when he punched me, I was like, holy shit! Like, I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, you can. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, um, I'll probably say that a few times. Yeah, but I was like, I was like, wow, that's that's a different weight behind that punch, yeah. you know? Because uh, he hit me in the helmet and it felt like he hit me in the bare skull. So those are like, and then it's kind of fun. You're like, all right, this is this is a little this is gonna be a little more of a challenge. You got to be a little more technical when you're fighting to not open yourself up and. Um, yeah, so it's just those are like that, those are the ones you remember kind of, and I mean I never fought Wayne Simmons. I was his teammate in Toronto for a little bit, and we joked about that when I played with him, and then had a chance to fight him last year, uh, which was pretty funny for both of us, and we had a good go. And you know you realize what makes him such a good technical fighter, and um, so it's kind of fun to have that. We laughed. That was one of those ones where we both like were proud of each other and kind of laughed about it yeah. after and got it out of our system. And um, so yeah, I don't know. I I enjoy it for. I'm not a stage fighter. I hate that stuff. Like, I, I never liked that. I always felt bad for enforcers when I came in the league that had to do that. I just never thought that. I, and I know why they did it, and I appreciate it as a teammate. But I'm a guy that, like, you fight for the reasons of, like, protecting your teammates. And if somebody's pissing you off or you need to fight for that inch, then you, then, then you do that. But those ones I always, I always thought were – I felt more bad for our enforcers that yeah. they had to go and do that. You know, yeah. that, was, that was a hard thing to watch because I know what it – you know, sometimes you know you got to fight in a game, and you work yourself up for it because you're, you know, you know it's coming. Yeah. Was it? Was that? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, was that Smith fight? Was that the longest fight you've ever been in? Because we were watching it and we were like, okay, anytime. Yeah. No, I didn't want to let <laughs> it go. You can break it up at any time. Yeah, I was like, that was one. I was even happy that he was good with it because sometimes guys are like, no, 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 I'm done, and I was like, no, no, we're not done, we're not done, <laughs> and uh, so I give him a lot of credit. He's an honest player. Um, that was one of the longer ones I think I've been. I, the worst are when you're at the end of your shift. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the other – that was the the one in Nashville, I can just remember. But, like, I was already gassed. I dumped it in, and then I saw Kirsch get hit, and I was like, oh, no. It's kind of my <laughs> – like, you know, you're like, I should have passed to him. Maybe he wouldn't have had to go get it. So I went at him, and I was a little exhausted for that one. But your adrenaline comes flying back pretty quick. Well, you mentioned how tough enforcers had it, and I'm, I'm going to totally drop a name here. But I, for a few years, I worked with Bob Probert when he was doing radio. <sighs> and he would say in his heyday, he couldn't go out to a bar without some – some dude like challenged him to a fight. He's, I'm out to dinner with my family. Yeah. I'm not going to fight you with an Applebee's, dude. Like, <laughs> but he said that that was the life. And those guys in that time had to build themselves up every game. And if you ever read his book, he talks about the anxiety yeah. of being an enforcer. I think it's probably good that that era is, in your opinion, probably over, right? Yeah. Of like the your job is to fight. Yeah. And Probert was a all star, good player. But a lot of guys like that, Just that was their only job, and it, it took a mental toll, aside from just getting punched over and over. Yeah. the Having to prepare yourself mentally every day to fight, it's got to be tough. Well, and like also, like that's the one thing. I'm glad you said it. Like, a lot of the enforcers, like I played with a Brian McGratton and, uh, like, a Matt Karkner and the guys that, and Jody Shelley, I played against them, but I got to know them. Like, they are actually good players. Like, they're playing in the NHL. Like, I always yeah. hated that, too. Like, they kind of got their skill taken away from them because it's like, oh, they're going to fight. They're five minutes. They might play another six minutes in the game. And But you almost get – you you lose that part of, like, the appreciation for them. Like, they, they in junior or wherever, they scored 20, 30 goals and were big parts. They just happened to be good fighters, and then that was the role they took on in the NHL and to stay. But – um, you know, I always, that's what I didn't like about that role other, but I, but I respect it. Like I, it was so important at the time because every team had one, you know, every, for 
you get the boo guards and all those play, like you had to have a guy to protect because that's just the way the game was. But now I, I do like that it's just more of a if two guys are going out in the corner, it's that kind of fight. It's not like it's not the policing aspect of it now. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna ask Nick about the most important captain role he's ever had. That's a mm. tease, Mister. Mm. Uh, but first, we want to tell you about our friends at Circa Resort and Casino. It is Vegas's first ever adults-only casino resort. The large world, world's largest sportsbook, three-story stadium style. It takes 10 people to operate that 78 million pixel screen. They've got food from their Victory Burger. That sounds good. And Wings. That sounds good. And Project Barbecue. That sounds good. Tons of VIP seating. The Dugout Club, Legends Club, Champions Club, Circuit Club Upper, Circuit Club Lower, North and South Stands. This place is huge. It is awesome. If you've never been there, you need to check it out. It is a 7,000-square-foot casino with two levels, 1,322 slots, 48 table games with dancing dealers. <laughs> that is distracting, that I will is. say. But Stadium Swim, a 4,000-person pool, 143-by-40-foot LED screen, <laughs> open 365 days a year. A lot of it sounds absolutely amazing. Make sure when you're headed out to Vegas, you go check out our friends at Circa Resort. Uh, over 500 rooms with a variety of layouts to fit your needs. And art from local artists, elevate your evening at the Legacy Club or any of their fine restaurants. Again, that is Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. 4,000 people in a pool. That's too many. Oh, That's a lot. For me. That's way too many. That's, yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, you know where you can be in a, in a pool with a proper capacity? That is the Midtown Athletic Club. They have four Chicago land locations in Palatine, Bannockburn, Willowbrook, and right here in the city, the Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel. And this month, the month of January, Midtown is offering no initiation fees at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. So... If you are looking to uh, get yourself right with your physical and mental health, Midtown Athletic Club, they're able to do it for you. If you're an individual or a family with kids, they have a lot of different options uh, for joining and getting the most out of their amenities. Super luxurious locker rooms, wet and dry saunas, indoor and outdoor pools and hot tubs, uh, high-quality gym equipment, high-intensity interval training courses, yoga, boxing, Talk about fighting, boxing, and Midtown Athletic Club. They can get you ready for that. Uh, cycling, group uh, fitness, and if you love tennis, they are the place to be. Midtown has indoor and outdoor courts for tennis, pickleball, paddleball, everything under the sun with a paddle and a ball, and it is all USTA professional quality. So head over to midtown.com slash CHGO. Find out more about the Midtown location nearest to you and schedule your tour. All right, Nick, in 2015, you had the honor of being the captain of the All-Star Game, <laughs> and you got to draft your All-Star team. They're bringing that back this year. That's so awesome. That was a lot of fun, oh. and fans loved it. Uh, what was that like? Did you approach that whole thing? And by the way, for those that forgot, it was uh, Team Felino versus Team Taves. Yeah. Uh, so a lot, we had our eyes on that for sure in Chicago. That was the heyday. Um, but what was that like? Did you have any sort of strategy or did you just sit down and no. your buddies? I think it was Dowdy, Kane, and I. I think I had Kaner on my team, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. I, I, I had not, obviously no clue what to expect. It was my first All-Star game. And um, to be captain, I was nervous as hell. And then we got to that draft and we – Maybe enjoyed ourselves a little too much with some some drinks, <laughs> and but we, it made for notice. great TV. Like they were loving it. I remember the like the producers were like giving us the keep going. You know, we're like 
I don't think you want this to keep going, <laughs> but um, I remember it just being a blast. I think we traded Taze and Sagan because they had that like storied Kessel or and, Kessel yeah. and uh, sorry Taze Kessel and Sagan, which was pretty funny. Uh, so I, that was a fun little thing. And then I remember Ovi just dying to be drafted last. Like, he was like, draft me last, draft me last. I want he wanted the, the He wanted that accord. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> we didn't let him get that. So that was kind of funny. He was pretty pissed off, actually. Um, but, yeah, it was it was – it was honestly really fun. I think all the guys genuinely enjoyed it too. Like it was, we had a good, lot of good laughs. I remember Dowdy and Kaner and I were laughing pretty good with those guys. So, um, yeah, it was pretty special. Now, what was that? So the the, the all star experience. I I I feel like sometimes uh, for some guys it feels like it kind of gets in the way of you know that actual break of the mm-hmm. season. So, uh, uh, does that does the honor of being an all star outweigh? the actual like getting a week off in the middle of the season to kind of like get your body right, get, get away from the game for a little bit. Yeah. Because I think, you know, to be recognized in that light is, is pretty special, right? Like you're considered one of the best players in that season or, you know, multiple times throughout your career. And I think it's just a great honor to, to you're representing the league too, right? Like I remember as a kid, I remember I always watched the all-star game. I watched the skills competition. So you have that responsibility to, the, the kids that are watching to, to marketing the league. Um, you know, you're considered one of the best of the best at the time. And um, I, I don't think that should ever be taken lightly. I think it's, a, it's an, an honor and you should be humbled by that and, you know, go and represent your team and yourself in the way you, you should. Right. And uh, I think you get plenty. You know, now we have the bye week too, which helps. Right? I remember before the all-star was, you didn't get any break, but now guys really have nothing to complain about. You still get some time to go away with your families if you want to and, and enjoy a little break. So, um, I never think that that should ever come into play where, you know, you're you're mad that you're going to an All-Star game. I do understand there's guys that, you know, have gone 10 times and they maybe would like a little bit of time to rest an injury because they know the playoff push is coming, and I understand that aspect. So there's always a give and take. But, you know, it's a privilege to be there and an honor. And, and like I said, you're representing your team, your organization, your your own teammates, right? And um, and it's it's a lot of fun. As much as it's, yeah, it's – it's a pain and some of the things you have to do, it's, it's a blast. You get to be in a real relaxed environment, which we don't get very often throughout the year with a lot of great players to kind of rub elbows with some of the greats in the game at the time and, and have a lot of laughs and and unbelievable memories. And I'll cherish my time as uh, that was one of the most special things to do. And especially in Columbus, putting our team on the map a little bit in our city and showcasing how big of a a hockey town that, that place was. And uh, it was, it was pretty special to be a part of. We're a very pro Phil Kessel podcast. Oh yeah, uh, we've been we've been uh, blowing <laughs> that trumpet thrill. for two years now yeah. to get him here. So <laughs> you tried your hand in recruiting the other day with the, the Jason <laughs> Dickinson. So you, any thoughts of saying I've traded for you, Phil Kessel? Yeah. Once. You did draft him. Yeah. I know. Like you know, I would take. Yeah, I mean, why not? He's a great player. I mean, he's right there. I played with Phil when I was sixteen. <laughs> we played on the U.S. program together. So I've known Phil a long time, and I've always been an admirer of his game. And I mean, he's played a lot of years and put a lot of miles on and. You know the Ironman streak and cups and you know so he's I've always admired him. He's he's a he's a different guy in a lot of ways, but that's what I love about him. I think that that's what's like awesome. He's, he's not a your prototypical superstar, but he's he's got you know he's a great guy. All guys love him and uh, he yeah he'd definitely be welcome here if he wanted to come. I don't know what his plans. Are. I don't know what he's up to these days. Kind of lost touch with him over the time, but. Uh, Phil, if you're listening, we'll take you, man. Come on there over. There it is. All right. We've go. been saying that for a year and a half. Yeah. It hasn't worked. 
Yeah. <laughs> Me and Greg look at him as the peak male form. That's yeah. what we're pushing towards. It'd be nice think, to walk into our locker room and see a guy that looks just like me. Right? <laughs> uh, well, everybody, everybody's you know, got a real quick though. Phil is really strong. Oh, One thing like that, that's a misconception yeah. I know his body looks, the, but his like, his legs. That guy was squatting four hundred pounds at sixteen years old. Like, it was crazy how strong he was. Well, the worst thing for him was that USA <laughs> picture that came out. That was, oh, that team oh, picture. It yeah. was just such a whoever that photographer was. Everyone looked as bad as possible, and they caught him at the worst time. But everybody's got a great uh, Kessel story. Do you have any Kessel stories that you're willing to share, able to um, share? I think I've told it already. When it was the U.S. program, we just uh, we just had the box. Um, we had a boxing coach that would come in and kind of try to teach us. We we're 16. We had to play in this junior league, so it was just like more to protect ourselves. Yeah. And uh, he would bring a golden one of his golden glove boxers that was our age. And Phil didn't love that aspect of hockey, obviously. And he'd have to go in there. His name was George, the kid that we had to, f- to, to fight or box. And you had to last like a certain amount of time in there with him. So I just remember we'd die laughing because Phil would just run around the ring for as long as he could <laughs> to not get hit. See, and brilliant. it ended up being a pretty genius idea. Yeah, we all started copping yeah. him. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't going to go in there swinging, that's for sure. But uh, oh I kind of admired that he, he owned what he was and – He's like, I'm a goal scorer. I'm not doing this. So that's the uh, type of mentality that, well. that's got him. You know, yeah, those 900 straight longevity NHL games. Yeah, I mean, he's not stupid. Obviously, you got to be in some sort of athletic conditioning to do that. Yeah, like, I, we we poke fun at that stuff. But no, but oh my god, like yeah. he's a he's a one of a kind. Yeah, I'd rather be I'd rather be punched repeatedly than run. I'd rather stand in there and fight than have you to give run me the around. headgear. It's it's a yeah. it's a flip of a coin. Not against this guy, this George guy. Oh my, I'm sure. Yeah. We'd all cringe. It was like it was on Wednesdays. He'd be like, "Oh, it's Wednesday," and, and you know he's walking in just like, "Yeah, oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> he's like, "How many how many hockey players got punched in the face?" Right. Today? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Come on, tough guy. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to get back uh, to the current team a little bit, and we are now officially halfway, or maybe a game beyond halfway. We beyond halfway. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, your leadership is talked about all the time. I'm sure you're tired of talking about your leadership. <laughs> Um, but one thing I want to ask you is through this half season and through this recent like coming together of the team, who are some of the guys you've seen kind of emerge in terms of having a voice or even just kind of leading by example in the room? Yeah, uh, it's been that's been really fun, actually, for me to see, because uh, genuinely, I didn't know many guys outside of like Connor Murphy and, and Seth Jones coming into the team, uh, which surprised me playing as long as I have. Yeah. Like I was like, oh. But shows you how young our team is too. Um, but I've been really impressed. I know I vouched for him already in, in Dickinson. Um, I'd heard lots of great things, but I've just been so impressed with his professionalism and the way he's handled himself and uh, how he how he much he cares about our team um, and wants to you know and, and wants this to get better fast too. Like like myself and a lot of others in the room. Um, you know, and like even just some of the young guys too. Like I've been really impressed with Vlasic. I just find he is like very steady and calm. like he he's a lead by example kind of guy. No maintenance, um, but I I think we got a special one in him, and just the way he kind of comes in and prepares, the way he is in the room with the guys. He's already like a, a you know team favorite and just his at, his attitude and personality. And he's eating a lot of minutes too. And, yeah. and you know you know unfortunately in a lot of ways just because. He's already having to handle so much, but he's it's unfair. And, and but he's handled it really well, and and you know just kind of even asked for more sometimes. So um, you know, and getting to know a guy like Tenorti too, and uh, it's it's funny like the list goes on. Tyler Johnson, I didn't realize how how smart of a hockey player he was. 
you know, I, I admired him. He's obviously got cups and playing against him, but I didn't know how, how great of a student of the game he was and, and how, how he looks at the game. I've really enjoyed talking to him about the game. Uh, I find he breaks it down really well as one of the players I played with. So, um, yeah, but there's there's guys, different aspects. But I, I just, you know, it's it's neat to see, you know, the guys that you don't know much about. And, and I've talked about it. I can probably go around the room. But what I've appreciated is every guy is genuinely here to try and move this forward, you know. And, and that's what's important to me is, you know, you can have some guys who are just happy to have a job and, and you know, are just okay. Being, there's majority of our group that is just really, like, how can I be part of this team and, and, and make myself better, which will help the team get better, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, last year's team, I know you weren't on it, but there were guys that were definitely here on, I'm going to bet on myself contract so I can move on to a better situation. This year... The guys like they're signed longer term, and you know, like even like Taylor Hall. Yeah, they're guys that are going to be here for a while, and I do think it does have a bit of a different feel where guys have a more feeling of permanence. Where at this point last year, all we were talking about was who's going, yeah. who's getting traded, and aside from maybe a few times this year, we, we've hardly talked about that at all on this show. We do five shows a week. You know, you think it would come up, and it's it's barely talked about because it does feel like this group is kind of more committed and more and more focused on being here i it's actually something that you just said in the room it's like last year from what it sounds like everyone was like okay who's leaving yeah and now it's arc my conversations and conversations with guys like who wants to be here you know like really let's get down to it who wants to be here and help move this thing forward and you know i've, I've been impressed with a lot of the guys that they they genuinely want to be here so now it's about doing it and consistently doing it and showing and it's one thing to say it but what are you doing to really show it right so um that's where we got to get to next and it's been a great step in the right direction a lot of guys I mean I'm, I've been really impressed with our play of of late I know we haven't gotten the results but I I I see a different mindset in our team the past three four five games here it's just been awesome to see you mentioned uh, Seth Jones. Is he a little down about the Cowboys today? Yeah, yeah. He was. <laughs> there's a few. I know Kevin Dean, our coach, was uh, very happy about the Pack winning. He's a he's a Packer fan, so there was some there was some chirping going on in the room, and yeah, he was pretty down. He just he just said Cowboys did it to me again. So <laughs> sorry, that was a crazy game though. I didn't ex- I didn't honestly see that coming. That's how but every Green Bears Bay Packers can't. game goes. <laughs> Pretty much all of them. I'm yeah. learning that too. Yeah. We got to get the Bears back to they're going we're going to get better and they're going to get better. I can feel it. Hope so. Oh, you're you just moved to town. We can tell with that thought. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have hope, baby. That's adorable. Yeah. You got to have hope. Now you're uh, originally from Buffalo. Bills mm-hmm. played this, this afternoon. Snow? Yeah. It's my childhood. And, yeah. They had a, my kids had a snow day. This for like past no offense, like Chicago grow up. With that snow day, <laughs> that was get, embarrassing. You didn't get them growing up. I yeah, like, got a what? snow day here. Yeah. It was yeah. like not even an inch, and it was like slush. Yeah. And my kids were just—they they had their underwear inside out, a spoon underneath their uh, their pillow to make sure they got a snow day the next day. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> and uh, apparently, that's like all the rage now. You got to do all sorts of crazy stuff to get a snow day. It worked, but I was pissed because my snow days were like literally you could open the door and it'd be a wall of snow and they'd be like, ah, I'm probably not going to school today in Buffalo. Yeah. But, yeah. It's yeah. easier for now because like my daughter has to do the virtual. So they also have to log on. There's actually not a snow day anymore, <laughs> which kind of sucks. I yeah. remember waking up in the morning yeah. and watching the TV, like looking for yeah, my school underneath at the, the bottom. Ticker? Yeah. That was yeah. the best. That was the best. Yes. And you would see yeah. it and then either go back to bed or go outside. Yeah. But yeah, now it's all, I feel bad for kids now. It's all virtual. Yeah. They had an actual, your kids had an actual snow day? Snow day on Friday. Like nothing this to past do? Friday, yeah. 
Just they've had a four day weekend. Oh, they're just awesome. they're living. The, my wife's crying and they're living the life. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you were so eager to come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. I would help. No, but they were, they were, I got to see. They had a big hockey tournament actually. It was Wisconsin Dells, which I'm hearing is only really nice in in the summertime. Uh, Not yeah. much going on there right now. You can't you can't go down water slides in January. No, no. no. So my wife was at a Great Wolf Lodge this weekend with uh, three kids and nice. about a thousand other kids from the tournament screaming and yelling. So wow. she's she's gonna need a glass of wine tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, were you yeah. a Bills fan? Yeah. Have oh, you yeah. jumped through a flaming table before? No, nope. that's gonna be on the bucket list when I All retire. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta wait till I'm done playing. <laughs> at least two more years. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suffered through four Super Bowls. I yeah, that was my childhood. Jim Kelly, Andre Reid. Um, yeah, that was, oh, man, those were some hard times. But, yeah, I, I've stuck with them, and I'm, I'm hoping for some good news tonight. Yeah. Uh, speaking of your childhood and watching sports, um, was there one guy growing up? I mean, you grew up, your dad was in the league, so you, you were exposed to it from day one. But is there a guy in your childhood that you watched that, that made you, like, fall in love with the game? Like, for me, it was when, like, Jeremy Roenick was on the Hawks. I, mean, I, I liked hockey at that point, yeah. but like when Jr. got here and was doing his thing with his swagger, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. that's the coolest that's thing cool. ever." Was there a guy for you like that growing up? <sighs> like obviously, it was my dad. I give him a ton of credit because like hit the passion that he played with, I think, was passed down to me. Like I, he genuinely loved the game, and I would see it. And then, but I never, I you know, I was seven when he retired, so I don't really remember him a ton. Um, playing, but I just, I, I remember always like he, he just the way he played and stories and things like that. So the first player that really made me fall in love with it, with the game was probably Peter Forsberg, which was, I was like, that guy is unbelievable. It's my dude. And like, I was obsessed <laughs> with him. I think I make a joke. Like I, my dad coached that team in 97, no, 98, 99. And just right before 2000. And uh, he was assistant coach. And, you know, back then you could really go in the locker room a ton. Kids were just, I was allowed to go any day off. I'd be in the room and just kind of in the room. Like yeah. it'd be, they'd be meeting and I'd be sitting there. And I just remember like kind of creeping out Peter Forsberg. Like I'd just be like wanting to like, I'd just be staring at him, you know? And like, <laughs> and now I'm like thinking of it as a player. Now I'd be like, that's gotta be so weird. If you got the 10 year old kid, like looking at you all day, it's like, Hey you. Peter. And like, I'd be at some point like, Hey Mike, get this kid out of this room, please. You know? Um, but that's how I remember just being like, I would, when I went to Colorado Avalanche games, I would watch him. I would do I noticed that he would always hop the boards and then always come in the door to when he got off a line change. Like he would never jump over the boards, but to get off the ice, he so I would do that when I would play. Like just it's little stupid things, but that's what I think makes me a kid again. With like when I play, is like I I know maybe they're not watching me. They're all watching Bedard now. To be honest with you, my kids are hilarious. They they're doing what I used to do to Peter to him. Now I yeah. feel bad. They're just following around the room like a little they leave, like, give him to the trainer yeah. on the way yeah. off. Uh, yeah. Warm -ups. yeah, yeah, but. It is. It's. It reminds you like that. Kids are watching. People are watching, and you know it's. It's a cool feeling to know that like you have that impact and and can uh, on somebody that maybe they fall in love with the game because of you or one of your teammates. And there's a responsibility there. So I think it's uh, as a kid that had that. I think it's it's a pretty cool thing to remember. It's so cool you mentioned that because I thought of something the other night that Ronick used to do this that I loved. Before the anthem would would end, he'd be lined up and. At the last line, he would take off and go behind the goal and come back. McDavid did that the other night. Like, oh, before yeah. the anthem ended, he sort of took off. And I, I would love to ask him someday, like, if that was inspired by Jeremy Roenick. Probably not. 20 uh, 97, right? But, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could maybe that's why yeah. he wears 97. That lap was a little faster than JR's probably, though. I would think so. It was over so, quick. Yeah. Yeah. Probably over in two seconds. But yeah. It's cool that you that – you, see, I love that stuff because that's the sort of stuff like, yes, goals are great and fights are great and all those things, but those it's those little quirks about the game. It's like baseball and batting stances, right, or, yeah. or whatever the little thing might be that makes you fall in love with it. But I'm with you on Forsberg. He was the coolest. Oh, and even now, he's – with the glass, he looks like yeah. a European, like a like a adult film star, for lack of a better word. He just like he's got, I remember, his, like, he's just got the swag about him in the eyes. He had and the, the wolf, wolf eyes. eyes. Yeah. I remember saying like yeah. the blue, and then like just even the way he played though, he was like the skilled physical guy. Like remember the reverse? He would always do the reverse check yes. into guys, and he was. He I just thought that, that line. was yeah. yeah, like that. I grab. I was like, this is that's how I want to play. You know, mm-hmm. you glad I mean, you never had to fight him. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was my team though that like those avalanche cup teams late 90s early oh. 2000s that was my playoff team because unfortunately as a blackhawk fan you weren't getting playoff games then <laughs> At that time, so yeah. i always had a playoff team once the playoffs started i, I started rooting for those abs team yeah. because of guys like forsberg and sackick and all but also because of that rivalry they had with the red wings oh, man. so it was the friend you know the enemy of my enemy is now my friend so i'm gonna root for the avalanche because you know that was my first game my dad coached in Detroit, and that was our my first game. I got to watch him coach the Avalanche was in Detroit when they went back after that when Draper got oh, hit yeah. by uh, Lemieux, and that's when they had the line brawl. and And I would just remember being in the stands and like I didn't. I luckily like hid my Avalanche shirt. <laughs> yeah. I was with my sister and my uncle, and we're watching the game. And oh man, that was a war. And I was like, the NHL is awesome. You know, you got Patrick Wad. It was just yeah. yeah, that was electric. That was a pretty cool f- memory for me. That game like it's, yesterday. It's just a team full of personalities, and like you said, we can see it at games. I I can't believe how many kids and people already have Bedard jerseys. Oh, it's not. It's yeah. even when Kane and and Taves got here, it took it took a while to catch on because the Hawks were so kind of dead before mm-hmm. that. The people had to slowly kind of build in, and now with the three cups, people are still around, and now their kids are fans, and like that, they've got Bedard jerseys. It's it's unreal, and I'm sure he's. Feeling the same thing from your kids, just oh, God, they're glaring driving. He's so good with them, thankfully. But I just laugh because I remember being that kid. So I'm trying to like, hey guys, give him some space. Yeah, just he needs to go to the bathroom else. right now. Like, let's just not follow him <laughs> yeah. in the general. But it was pretty funny though today when we skated. And he's out there, and I just laughed. I had to look up at one moment, and like it must have got around that he was on the ice. It did because the yeah. amount of people that just yeah. started showing up and just cameras and it's amazing the world we live in now with the social media and yeah. But you know what? He's he lives up to it, man. He lives up to the hype, and and uh, that's probably the the most gratifying thing. I think a lot of times you meet these people and they don't quite live up to it. Unfortunately, he's a guy that uh, I'm proud of him. He's definitely done that. To, to well, me. he he's been through a ton. I mean, you mentioned oh. the social media thing. We're not going to get specific. You know, what we're talking about what was that like for him, and was there anything you can kind of offer to him in a situation like that, or or well, honestly, all it, of a sudden it's a nightmare is happening around yeah. him. You know. My biggest thing I did, I did talk to him about it because it was just so unfair. But I said, you know, this is a, a great lesson for you in that your whole life you've probably been built up, built up, built up, right? Like not, never really had any bad media. What, what could you say about him? He was a phenom from 12 right. years old or even before then. And I think it was his first dose of how quickly things can turn on you just for no reason at all. Yeah. And how don't put so much value into that stuff and don't, you know, realize what it is sometimes. And you stay true to who you are morally. And that's all that matters, right? And and you, your teammates love you, your family loves you, and all that other stuff is fleeting anyway, right? They're going to love you one day, they're going to hate you next, they're going to build you up, they're going to want to tear you down. That's the world we live in, and that's sports in general. So 
Um, I think when you kind of can get to that understanding sooner than later, especially as a young kid, you can kind of handle those pressures a lot better. I mean, he's been doing it his whole life, but that was the first time where it was unsolicited, un- unfair, and um, it had nothing to do with hockey, nothing to do with anything, and it was all bullshit. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm proud of how he handled that, and I'm, I'm proud of how the group surrounded him, and, uh, and now we're through on the other side. Very cool. Yeah, he's 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 handled it with grace, and uh, I, the first time we had you in, we talked about just the level of attention he's getting, and I think it's kind of unprecedented. I can't. I guess I would assume McDavid had the same coverage in Canada when he came yeah, in, but I gotta admit, it's yeah, just. Imagine. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he handles it. I think if it was me, I just would have run into a cave somewhere and gone away forever. But that's how my rookie he, season was. I remember it very, very. <laughs> lights everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Figure it out. If he all stays the on the ring on the ice all day, he can never talk. <laughs> that's, to us. that's true. Yeah, he yeah, wakes us not out. Stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. he gets the signal that we're gone, and then he jumps off the ice. So oh man, smart. We can see him though getting even when we have the scrums in the locker room. He's getting more comfortable, you know. And I think. Starting to trust a little bit from the local media, at least, and uh, you know he's he's loosening up, and it's, it's good to see. You. Um, yeah. But I wanted to talk to you more about your your decision to stay in Chicago. I'm sure now that you've you know you're going to be here for a while. Have you found any uh, spots you love? Any favorite restaurants? Any favorite things to do with the family? Man, we're still going. We're still figuring it all out. We just love our area right now. We've enjoyed uh, Wicker Park area. That's kind of where we settled. And um, yeah, I mean. My kids went to the ice cream factory. Or the, oh, or yeah. The ice, they, they really love that place. I haven't gone there yet. Um, we are we really like the Perch. That's been a nice family restaurant, but good food. Have you guys been to that no, place at all? No, I haven't been to that. It's there. on Division. It's worth checking out. We really like that spot. Cafe Istanbul, my wife and I tried out. It was heard, unbelievable heard on Division. That, yeah. um, and then, obviously, there's always the staples. But, yeah, we're we're, we're enjoying, like, checking out the areas. Um I actually went to go visit a uh, former teammate of mine out in Winneka. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? It's my neighborhood. That's not where he lives. <laughs> you guys are rich no, out there. No, I don't live. I, don't li- I live, oh I live my next God. to Winneka. It's the other side like, of the highway. Where am I? <laughs> no, no, no. They, gorgeous. They, 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 the, when I drive through there, cut through there to go someplace in my Toyota Camry, the police shagged <laughs> yeah. out. You don't belong here. What are you doing? That's well, I found out Vlas is from up there, so I was yeah. giving him the gears I'm, today. He's that. from Wilmette. I live in Wilmette. Right okay. I live in the poor side of Wilmette. Well, Wilmette's pretty nice, too. I don't know. I drove through it. It's pretty nice. It was cool to be up there because, you know, you don't get to get out to the suburbs very often and i've heard another place is hinsdale a lot of the guys settled mm-hmm. in that's too. a hockey yeah that's, that's yeah. where a lot of the coaches like, i know i know Adrian lived out there you gotta have some cash um, live there too but yeah i was just like wow it's beautiful like chicago is where we've really enjoyed it it's beautiful beautiful well, if city. you stay for the summer now that you're committed yeah it's, i'm I may be biased because I've lived here my whole life. A little biased. Nothing beats Chicago in the summertime. Oh, I so even especially when we got in, here in August, Wicker, I was like, this is unbelievable. The patios, yeah. the, oh, yeah. even just, just what so to do. many, like Wicker Park, they'll have little street fests yeah. all summer. Like, so much to do. It's awesome. It's, it's the best. So we're we're happy you're here for a couple no. more years. Thank you. We're pumped. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to enjoy it, and there's no shortage of good food around here. Oh, my yeah, God. Is, uh, any, any kind of cuisine, any kind of culture you're looking for. Can I ask you guys a real you know, do you have you sure the, the heard the show The Bear? Yeah. Like the, yes. Yeah. Where is that place they're talking about? So it's not real. Yeah, but what yeah. is like it's based off of? Well, there's a. I mean, there's kind it's of like, a lot of, like Mr. Beef, beef on Orleans okay. is a, is a really. Famous I want to check one. it out. I want to know. What uh, the, L's Beef, the original L's, is right on Taylor, between what is it Ashland and it's like Taylor and Loomis. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You can't really miss it. Just go down Ashland. <laughs> 
Hang a left. <laughs> if you're coming from the United Center and the original it's L there. is on okay, your right. I'll go check it. I just want to try. You can't miss it. Yeah. And then in yeah. the summer across the street is Mario's Italian Ice, which is Not just mine. a little oh, a little uh, wood shack. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I love it. Right. That's been there See, like I like those years. kind of gems. Like that's, yeah. I gotta check. Yeah, that. but that's Little Italy. That whole that whole stretch that of is, Taylor right? Street. Okay, yeah. I, I haven't just said that. The I'm, original Al's is like kind of argued of like that's the originator of the Italian beef. So okay, that's that's, that's where you start, and All then. Right. Uh, but a lot of those restaurants, a lot of the chefs they taught you on that show, those are legitimate Chicago like Kasama. Yeah. Is a you can't even get in even on a day like today there'd be a line out the door yeah, yeah. but the, mm-hmm. they used all real that. Chicago places that was cool yeah yeah that's but yeah Al's and uh there you can't go wrong no even if you I went to Portillo's to you'd yeah, get shamed as a of, tourist but, but it's a, it's a pretty good beef experience it's still very good and, yeah. again just me and Greg got you on all this stuff we we're happy to take yeah. care of it we're, we'll whatever go, you need we'll go have a lunch we'll do a <laughs> podcast from over there sure you won't be able to skate for a week yeah it should. Postseason, hopefully postseason. Uh, yeah. Should we take a break before we, uh, we can do a quick one? Before we continue, yeah, yeah. All righty. Well, let's give you a, a moment here to talk about our pals over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets for your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with last-minute killer deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best best priced guarantee. Game Time takes the work. One track mind takes the guesswork out of <laughs> buying tickets. Uh, you can browse through uh, the Game Time app, and you're going to see last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. I hear the Blackhawks have a lot of home games in February. Sure you can do. view from all the seats in the venue, lowest price guarantee, even event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all kinds of great things. Game Time obsessed with finding a way to help you save money on tickets they have deals on tickets right up to the start of an event and even an hour after it starts it's the place to find last minute ticket deals so take the guesswork out of buying with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code chgo for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code chgo spell that out chgo for twenty dollars off Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Nick, did you know that it is getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles? I didn't, but thank you for telling me. Well, I'll tell you more. (laughs) It is something we can all get behind for the health of our planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Yeah, Nick, the electric grid is evolving to meet your specific cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van, we know you have at least one, or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So to educate Nick yeah. and other uh, business owners, mm-hmm. Jay, since you sound so knowledgeable about this topic. I am well studied. Tell them what to do. Uh, go to comed.com slash clean. That's where I learned all this stuff. And you'll learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Was that uh, comed.com slash clean? You got it. Comed.com slash clean. Go there now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. All right. um, Perfect conversation. Natural, organic conversation. That really was was organic. Perfect conversation. (laughs) It really was. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Now, our producer, Steven, had an idea before the show today. And we're going to play a little game here with Nick. Are we ready to go with this? Oh, no. Producer Steven. 
Right. We are ready, he says. All right, this is called uh, The Faces of Felino, and here's the game. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we have a image service that we use for all of our posts, and uh, we have found that on when we search Nick Felino, there are always interesting facial gestures made. <laughs> so we're going to show your face on the screen, and you have to guess exactly what you're doing in this moment. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right, so let's see the first slide here. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like I'm trying not to get punched in the face. Is that is that possible? That uh, I believe that would be correct. Look at like I'm. Yes. There, there, there it is. There we I go. think this might be the moment that your finger broke. Oh yeah, that is probably. <laughs> yeah, you got like a half. Is fist that the open going hand on? slap? It yeah, could that, be. That could yeah. be it. This is really good, by the way, for the YouTube audience. Uh, the podcast audience, go back to YouTube yeah. and check it out so you can see actually the pictures we're talking about. <laughs> it's pretty um, funny. All right, that's it's one for one. That's pretty good. All right, picture number two. <laughs> 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 I, oh man, this is a close-up. Uh, this is what it, it looks, looks like. like when uh, you your peephole and Nick's at your door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ring doorbell. Yeah, <laughs> so it looks like I'm looking down at one of my kids in disappointment. But I don't. Maybe you've never seen this photo. I've this never seen this photo. Good. This was a no recent. Idea. This was a recent game. We'll text it was to it? you. It was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this was a, a trip. Along the boards uh, for free. <laughs> <laughs> those are the worst angle shots ever. No the, one's ever looked good the in fish, that no. The fisheye lens. No. It's, oh, it's bad. Yeah, That could have been a lot worse, actually. That's not bad. I'll take it. All right. All right next, next one we one. got here. Oh. A smile. That's yeah. somebody scored. Had to have scored. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but that's usually the face I make. It's in a black helmet, so it's a, it's a home game. It's a home game. Yeah, home game. Uh, don't know, but that's I'm. If I'm smiling, it's because one of my teammates scored or I scored. Yeah, Benji, mobbing <laughs> Connor Bedard. There I'm guessing you go. that's uh, the Winnipeg. Was that game? the overtime one? That was the Winnipeg yeah, I win. So. Yep. Yep. Oh. yep. I actually oh, loved his celly there. It kind of went like over the over. One. That was yeah. pretty sweet. I don't have those. See, I don't he, think he, he he acts humble. He's a yeah. oh shucks, you know, just a little man. And he scores. He gives you the sword and the. Soon he's yeah, that's what the, you want, though. You act throat. humble and you <laughs> slit him. I love it. Yeah, when, it's in there. It's, it's, it's definitely in there. It's when yeah. he, when he is most in his element is when he's playing hockey, and it's it's a completely different personality. Yeah. I mean, you can you can clearly yeah. see that even from a uh, an outside perspective. How many more we got? One more. You need an alter ego. Two more. Right. Two more. I like this one. Here's oh, this I one. was uh, this one. I was explaining how to get to uh, the airport. I remember this one. <laughs> yeah. How to get the you go straight, and then you hang a right. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this one is, give but it, give that looks direction. exactly how I give directions to my wife usually. <laughs> this, <laughs> believe this she was still a needs nav this, to get this to was the a school. preseason game because I believe you're giving directions to Martin Misha. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't listen to me, kid. You're doing it. You're doing fine. Don't listen. <laughs> the net is that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Score it there. <laughs> I did that to oh, my man. my daughter at a volleyball game, and she served, and it didn't go over the net. And I I go, Addie. He's got to go over the net. <laughs> you got to break the tension. You got to yeah, break the tension. Yeah. All right, last one here. Last one. All right, let's All right. see. This is. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, wow. oh, I didn't see it. I didn't oh, see it. There we go. There's another smile. Oh, yeah. I just smile. It's a goal, though. If I smile, it's a goal. So, uh, yeah. Yep. This was. Did uh, I score this one, though? Yeah, I believe this was uh, your goal against. So it's a, it's a half smile. I get there. way more excited when my teammates score. So I yeah. can tell it was one of mine. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's always one. always good to score against. And that's Nashville. Gus Nyquist pulling it out of the net, my former teammate. So screw you, Gus. <laughs> now is that Gustav Nyquist or Thomas Tatar? Because we get the two. Yeah, we, oh, yeah, we, no. think we don't. We guy. don't think that they've Gustav. ever been in the Never same place in the same, same room. Time. That's yeah. like me in the Philadelphia. Back me up coach. on this though. They're like the same player. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Even if you Gus look was at like, all, I mean, statistically, are they? They're they're almost oh, wow. identical in every category. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I've never noticed that. I just yeah. It's I weird. play with Gus. He's a good player. Really good player. He's having a hell of a year too in uh, Nashville right now. But well, he can do that. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Screw you, Gus. There you go. All right. That's well, awesome. I like that, that game. A, that was a fun first visit. Thanks for doing it. We Guys, love having you, you here. Uh, we'll figure out when the next one is. We haven't gotten that far yet. We had to get here first. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the weather is a little bit better next yeah. time. We'll wait till it's above yeah, we freezing. Do, yeah, we could do yeah. it without this yeah, right now. Definitely. But, but look for Nick at Al's Beef uh, in about <laughs> a half hour. <laughs> He'll be there. Why did Nick come back 20 pounds overweight? I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for doing it, Nick. We thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me, guys. It's uh, fun. And we are back tomorrow. We've got a post-game tomorrow. show. Hawks and Sharks. Now, all right. Led myself to this. We look at the schedule and we pencil in wins, and it feels like sometimes when we pencil in the wins, they become disastrous. You don't like Columbus was bad, and the oh. Phoenix game was bad, and Montreal yeah. game was bad. How can we prevent another bad San Jose game? Well, I think the mindset, right? Like that's yeah. what I've seen shifted. So I don't think we're in any position where we feel like we're going to take anyone for granted. And I talked about that. We we need to earn respect and. The guys are really understanding of, of where that that line is right now. So I think the hunger of, of playing well and not getting the result should drive us to having our best game and hopefully getting the result tomorrow against a team that's also looking to, to right their ship. Yeah. So it's going to be a hard game. You can't – I always say it doesn't matter what your record is. Every game's you know, the better team's going to win. So whoever comes out with that mindset, and, and hopefully it's us. And seeing practice stay the way the guys practice, I think they're – they're feeling good after a day off and ready to go get back at it. All right. Hopefully we'll be celebrating a win uh, tomorrow post game. Oh, yeah. Make we sure you be. join us there. And we want to remind you the CHGO Blackhawks show is powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at ComEd.com slash clean. For Greg and Mario and Nick, I'm Jay. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Mm-hmm. We all silly like the mayor. 